Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to How to Barbecue Right. This is the podcast, episode number 16. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, and I'm joined by my lovely wife, Rochelle. Rochelle, how you doing today? Doing great, Mal. It's good to be back here doing another podcast. Been a whole week since our last one. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about what's went on this week. Uh, this week, we went bowling. We had to take the kid bowling. Uh, we're wrapping up that summertime, yeah. aren't we? <laughs> we had a few people over and did a lot of swimming, spent the Saturday in the pool. Sunday, I was I waterlogged Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday, I cooked a really big southern breakfast, or lunch. Yeah. More like dinner. But that's like what I call o'clock. it. If, you call, if, if brunch is like breakfast and lunch, we had more of a dinner. Yeah. <laughs> it was after lunch, but man, it was good. Purple hull peas. Butter beans. Butter beans, squash, mashed potatoes and gravy, meatloaf. Meatloaf. Yeah, man, you know what? I love the smoked meatloaf. Man, you showed out on just a regular oven meatloaf. It was a pioneer woman recipe that I kind of tweaked a little. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. And I made a lemon supreme cake. Mm. I'll stick around to keep cooking like that. <laughs> Whatever. Nothing was smoked, which that's odd for us. We didn't do anything <laughs> on the grill. But I'll tell you what, what made that uh, meatloaf so good was they got me put bacon all over the top of it and then sauced it at the end. God, it was, man, it was cooked perfect. It was. And we cooked it, uh, I cooked it up on a rack. Uh, I took a sheet pan, lined it with foil, and then put... One of my pork racks? Yeah, one of your pork racks on top of it and cooked it on that rack so all the grease and stuff dripped on down. So did you clean my pork rack or is it back in my cabinet with all my stuff? Because, you know, I was looking for one and I can't find it. Well, it turns out... That meatloaf gets stuck to pork racks. Pretty good. I might have to buy you no pork rack. I, I don't want to say anything, but when I saw you doing that, I strolled through the kitchen. I was like, <laughs> you know, that's probably going to stick to that and be hard to get off. I'm and then my dad got pork rack. I already, I already knew the answer. <laughs> I knew the answer that you just threw it away. <laughs> it was that's pretty bad. Right. I couldn't get it off. The meatloaf was great. Yeah. But... And the meatloaf came off, but it left a nice little... The very bottom is just, all stuck yeah. down the grid. I knew it was gonna happen. I'm gonna have to tweak that process a little. A little parchment paper. Parchment what paper. I, what I thought. I was like, man, you know, if, if I was gonna do it, I probably would have put a. Little, <laughs> I can't be critical because the meatloaf was really, really good. But even you even had some rolls. So we had rolls, and man, it was just, it was like a heck. It was almost like a Thanksgiving meal with meatloaf or something. Yeah. Everything was great. That was a southern lunch. Yeah. It's I, my appreci- I appreciate it. Your special Because you were in the okay. kitchen. I know, I think I, I timed it. It was like five and a half hours from where it took you to cook that meal. I said, man, I could have fully cooked ribs in that time. <laughs> and I would have had a lot more time to sit down and have a beer or two. Because well, you didn't leave the kitchen. You were just sitting there cooking away the whole time. Well, you know, it was a bunch of fresh vegetables. That was what made it your great. Parents Our grown. parents grew. You know, we had to have the sliced tomatoes oh, yeah, and cucumbers. And man. And uh, we went to the farmer's market here in Hernando. We have uh, every Saturday, um, I guess it's, it's really just during the peak, like, growing season. It starts up right first of spring, then it'll go up till Almost about frost, whenever, yeah. whenever it frosts. Yeah. It's a pretty long farmer's market, but we have vendors that come and sit up around the town square. And, man, they sell all kinds of great produce. I mean, there's people that make fresh breads. They have jellies, jams. Uh, all kinds of pickled stuff, little crass. It's a cool little farmer's market. There's some real milk. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. No, you can get the real deal milk, cow's milk that hadn't been pasteurized. There's a guy that sells, um, I don't know what farm he's with, but he sells all that beef. And, I've, you know, I've never really bought anything from him. I've seen his list and, and all, but I, I need to check some of that out because I did, you know, pay attention to it this last week. And he had some uh, unique stuff on there that you're, yeah. you're not going to find at the grocery store. Stuff Shrimp man's there. Nubs is there, sharp knives. <laughs> there's all kinds of there's all kinds of cool stuff just to walk around. I say, you know, if if you have if you're lucky enough to have a farmer's market in your town, you have to take the time to go by there and check out uh, what everybody's got because there's you know you can find some really great stuff. Of course, great produce. I mean, yeah, and a lot of times great meat. Well, that's the the reason why I like going is because you get the produce that's in season, and that's the way I like to eat stuff. I don't just decide that I'm going to. I don't decide that I'm going to eat peas in the winter because, you know, it's not pea time unless you've had somebody grow and put them up in the freezer. 
But now, you know, man, peas are in, corn is in, watermelons are sweet as they're going to be. I mean, tomatoes are peak of the season. I mean, we're getting some great produce now. So let's talk about our recipe this week. Yeah, this week, so you, you know we've been on vacation, and we went uh, back down to the Caribbean this year. We, we've been to Jamaica before. We've been, you know, a couple vacations down there. And the first time I ever went to the Caribbean, we went to Jamaica to the grill. And it's I our had, honeymoon, actually. Yeah, it was our honeymoon. That's, heck, it'll be 10 years, first time I've been to Jamaica this, this November. And I kind of, first time ever really having jerk food. And they had a little... You know, at the on the beach, there's always a jerk shack or something. And the, the resort we were staying in, it was pretty much open 24 hours a day, or at least from what I remember, it was. It was like was. the one little spot that was open 24 yeah. hours. Yeah, and you could get, man, there's always somebody running a grill doing jerk. And the jerk chicken is what I, you know, that's the only thing I really that stood out is they did jerk chicken, jerk chicken. And that's what I thought you were supposed to eat, was jerk chicken. So we, you know, that was one of our favorite things that we tried there. Well, every time we go back, I look for the jerk shacks. So this year, there was one right on the beach, and it was a little small place at the resort we were at. And um, they did jerk pork, jerk fish, jerk chicken. I mean, they had a little bit of it all. And the jerk pork was awesome. And they just gave it to you. It was a little full pack. Um, didn't have anything. It didn't come with anything. I mean, they had... Uh, no, it was just pork. Yeah, no, just jerk pork <laughs> wrapped up in full. And they handed it to you and gave you there some plastic forks and napkins. And I think they had different sauces that you could... You know, depending on yeah. how hot you like it, you could top it with whatever little spicy sauce they had there. But when we come back home, I said, man, I've got to try. I'm, I'm going to make jerk pork now. Because I've done jerk spare ribs, done jerk wings, jerk chicken's always good. And so I, I was, you know, how'd they do the pork? Well, I couldn't tell because I watched them on the grill. You could kind of see where they were doing it. And I couldn't tell if it was whole butts. It, it definitely wasn't whole cuts. They had it cut into chunks. Everything they did was like chunks. And so I said, well, you know what? It's probably shoulder because it's got the right fat ratio. So I just went to Kroger and got a butt out of the you know out of the regular meat aisle and took it over to the butcher and said, hey, I need you to you know cut this up for me. He said, well, how do you want it sliced? And I said, I just want it 30. You know, he says, the dude thought, the butcher thought I was crazy. He's like, what are you doing with it? I said, man, look at some jerk pork. Of course, he didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> but it, man, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. You actually came home the weekend we got back. The fir- and did <laughs> yeah. it the first time. We got back you know, I don't like Friday it. and Saturday. You were at the butcher trying to get some pork. Well, I don't like, it. I don't like just, you know, trying to do a video the first time, never done something. Yeah. I mean, I have done some of those. But it's better to go ahead and have it once under your belt so you can kind of know how it's going to cook. So it's not such a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, but the I'm first say, time you cooked it, you glazed it a little too soon, I think. Or maybe you had the fire too hot. And it got a little bit, the glaze charred a little more than my personal preference. Well, I put it on. I did I did glaze it, like, real soon. And I just kept flipping it and trying to do both sides and all that. And it ended up charring it a little more. So this time... I knew just to glaze the top, let it sit 10, 15 minutes, get it off. And that was the ticket. Yeah, it was. That was what made it. I mean, I'm saying, I'm telling you, we had authentic jerk pork down in Turks Caicos. And then the stuff that, that I cook, I'm not, not patting myself on the back. It was better. It was better. I'm going to tell you, it had all the flavors. Now, my next thing I want to do with it is really do like that 24-hour jerk marinade where, you know, kind of like what I did for jerk chicken a long time ago after mm-hmm. we come back from Jamaica where you mix up all the fresh ingredients in a liquid form, and then you just put those big chunks of pork in there and soak them. Yeah. But I got to do jerk fish, too, because we had... You got to do some more jerk chicken. You've been promised me you do more jerk chicken. Yeah. I I just like the wings. I mean... Yeah, I'll be fine with that. Yeah. Or thighs. You could get a couple thighs for me. I can do that. Yeah, I feel like that that dark leg quarters would be good. Jerk leg quarters would be really good. That's a little bit too big. I like a smaller piece of chicken for the... Because you get more sauce and caramelization to meat ratio. Well, you know, the the way they do it in in Jamaica, they kind of chop it up anyway. Yeah. I mean... Oh, when we got the jerk chicken in the full packets, there was little pieces of bone. You couldn't identify what piece it was (laughs) because of the way it was chopped up. Because all they do is take a heavy cleaver, put it on a board, and just chop it into rough chunks. And they put it in the full, and there it goes. And it's... I mean, it's kind of like Jamaican street food. I guess that's really what it is. I mean, because, you know, you see those guys over there in the islands, and they'll just have um, like a 55-gallon drum turned sideways that they built a fire old school, like just make a pit out of any kind of, you know, 
barrel you can. Meat, you know, get yeah, the that's the best place. Man, you get you a cold red stripe and some jerk pork. If you want to get crazy, you can get a side dish. What is it? Peas and rice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get you some of that. That's all you need. They had the bread, too. It's it very similar to cornbread. Yeah, it was... It reminded me of cornbread sticks. Yeah. Have you ever, did you, my my mom used to make those when we were kids. She had this little tray, a cast iron corn stick maker or yeah. whatever. It was like cornbread. And that's what those were like. It wasn't as good as cornbread. I don't know what it was. It was just some kind of cornmeal fritter, I guess. I don't even remember what they called them because I was not impressed with them. I was like, who would want to eat this? It's just dry. It was like they made it out of the sand or something. Yeah. <laughs> don't get those. They're not that good. Um, well, we only had them at the one place. Yeah. I'd give them a try another place. But that was a recipe I did this week, and it was simple. I mean... Well, I had a couple questions to ask you about it. Sure. Um, when I was editing it, I noticed it, it cooked pretty fast. We cooked it on the drum. What did you have it set up? 275. And, and I've, you know, you can run a drum without any kind of fan support or anything. Just get the vents right and dial in. I've done, I've done figured it out. It's way too easy not to run that guru on that drum. <laughs> Man, 275, and it, every time I went out there and looked at it, 273, 274, never checked up. How long Man. do you think it would run on a guru if you just let it One go? One load, oh, 275, I bet you can get eight hours, eight or ten hours out of it. So I mean, it's going to use more. Oh, yeah, yeah, heck yeah, because on that drum, you can do a brisket in six, seven hours at that yeah. time. It's a, uh, yeah, it'll it'll run like a champ. Now, if you run it down 250 or 225, heck, I bet you can get 14, 16 hours out of a load. With not even just letting it cook. Yeah, just letting it roll. How much is a guru? Mm, You know, there's all different kinds. I just call them all gurus. I I actually do have the barbecue guru, but you get, I mean, I just saw Flame Boss came out with the new one that looks pretty cool. I mean, there's all different price points of them. You know, I mean, I'd spend a couple hundred bucks and get a decent one, but you don't need, I mean, I don't even use the meat probe stuff on it. I just want the pit probe and the fan. That's the only thing I need because I, I mean, I can watch the meat myself. You yeah. Know? And I guess all that stuff's nice and the Wi-Fi and all that, but I never use it. See, I just want ba- you know, the basic one that'll control your pit with the fan and put the air in there. And you know, it's got to have a decent size fan to for whatever size pit you're using. That's the one you want to get for a drum. I, th- I think that's. I think it is a twenty-five CFM. Well, that one's actually Wi-Fi. Yeah, I never use it. Yeah, it works. I got that, but it's it's more hassle to, to you know. I mean, it stays, it'll stay connected. But do you use any of the Wi-Fi connected? No. It, yeah. I mean, I've got what two grills with it. I've got you got the, a dot with a it. dot. I've a got smoke, maybe. the smokes are Bluetooth. All that. I mean, I've got a lot of that electric stuff, and yeah, it works. But I don't ever use it. Yeah. Hey, coming home, I'm out there cooking. I'm gonna go out. It's not like I'm. You know to, check it. Yeah, sit there and watch TV and not go look at my grill. It's, what's it to step out there and look? I mean, well, if you were going to try to recreate this recipe on like a, a pellet or really any other type of grill, it's probably going to take a little longer than it did on the drum. The drum really seems to cook fast. Well, Is that you know, I don't know. I think I think the drum just gives you a little better flavor and colors it up more. Well, yeah, uh, that was that was be the main advantage of doing, and that's why I did it on the drum. I was gonna say this is gonna give me more authentic flavor mm-hmm. because I'm right above those coals, and I knew that if you've ever cooked a butt or any kind of pork on the drum, the, the longer you leave it, the meat down, the more that bottom side is gonna get a little char, gonna get a little more of that grill flavor. It's, that's just how it works because it's over fire, and so I could flip that meat. It was a perfect size roast to flip and even it out on both sides, and it made just an awesome bark around it. That's what gave it a ton of flavor, and Someone asked in a question, you know, could you do that with just regular butts? I said, heck yeah, you could. If you if you really like bark and you want more bark, why not? Because it, I mean, it, you know, I, I pulled, like you're it. saying doing it for yeah pulled for pulled pork. pork. Yeah. You could do that. You could definitely bark. do that. If you like, I mean, especially if you like the bark, which is bark to me is the best part. Yeah, I love mixing that in, and that's what made that jerk pork so good. Every bite seemed like it had some of that outside crusty bark caramelized flavor on it. It did. That was the best, I mean... Yeah, it was the best part. <laughs> That's the best part. I really am going to do some more stuff like... I mean, I probably won't do videos on it, but if I was doing pork tacos or even though it's like pork um, carnitas I did that time, they would be excellent to start out with, the, with that pork butt cutting the thirds like that. And that way you maximize the outside flavor and you know, the crust yeah. and bark you're getting on it. If I was cooking it on a pellet grill, I'd run it the same way. 
But would I mean, it take longer? Is my, That's the question. Uh, I don't think it would take any longer. Because I mean, we were looking at... So it, they they smoked for about three hours. Mm-hmm. And then I wrapped them. And it's about you an hour. Them. You flipped them every, every hour. Every hour. About hour. And then it was about an hour and 15 minutes. They were where I wanted them. Then I glazed hour them for... Hour 15 minutes in the wrap. Yeah. And then in the wraps, what was that, 4.15? And they glazed for about 15. So it was four and a half hours. Yeah. You, you should be able to cook that on a pellet grill at 275 or any other smoker, too, I would think. I mean, once you get it wrapped, I mean, they were, I mean, I didn't really probe them, but I guarantee you they were about 175, 170, 175 when I wrapped them. And then it's it was, it's pretty much like cooking ribs. That's what they cook like. And if you weighed them, let's say that butt was eight pounds, so it probably, you know, was a little, what, Two and a half, something like that, a little over each one. So that's about like a slab of size of a slab of ribs. Yeah. Well, what temp? So, so when you got them off, were they at a certain temperature? You didn't really probe them at I didn't. all. Yeah, I, you I, were I mean, just I, looking I, for tenderness. Yeah, I just poked one to see how it felt. But I mean, it wasn't. I wouldn't say it was pulled texture, but it was. It was probably about 195, 190, 195. I would, I would imagine. Because you want if you took hold. them too far, they're gonna fall apart. It's gonna be like pulled pork. But I wanted to have a little bit of integrity, you know, so I could kind of chunk it. Because it was just, to me, jerk pork is just a food that's made to be eight in chunks. And you can just pick it up, throw a chunk in your mouth. It almost reminded you of a burnt ends. The way they were a rough. Not, I mean, they weren't cute pork cubes or whatever yeah. people want to call them. But they, that was what the way I liked, the way I chopped it up. Just kind of made wide chops and then come back and cross that. Yeah. And it was what it was. So you pulled it off right before it got to pull in texture. Yeah. If, you, if I would <laughs> say, tender. So if I would have let it go texture. another 30 minutes in the wrap, that'd probably fall apart. Yeah. And it would have still been good. And you'd have had to just leave them in the foil and glaze them. And then, and it would have been, you know, if you're going to do tacos, I'd take them a little bit further like that. And I, that's what I thought would be great is making jerk tacos. Jerk man. tacos. I know that's not like a traditional thing, but. Put that I think you could eat it tortilla. however you want to eat it, really. I thought, yeah, that would be Some really good. We're going to do that, that, too. That pineapple salsa, maybe. You did that pineapple that salsa. That may be my fantasy football party food. I don't <laughs> jerk. know. Jerk. Jerk. Yeah, I could do jerk wings and jerk pork and jerk that would fish. Be pretty cool, yeah. Jerk ribs. Jerk ribs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, those jerk ribs are really good, too. Yeah. Maybe do some rice and beans to go with it. There you go. But that's the video this week, and is there anything you do? You got to try it. No, I tell people. I mean, everybody needs to try that one. Yeah. It really was. It, good. it really was good. I don't know if it's just because I hadn't cooked any pork in a while, because so we've been you know kind of taking it easy and hadn't been cooking as oh, much. Oh, you told but... me you said this might be the best recipe I've cooked in a long time. <laughs> it was. I don't know if I agree with that because you cooked some good stuff. Yeah. And that's one thing we're going to talk about today. We're going to, you know, it's the middle of summer. It's half the year through. And I thought we'd talk about, um, first of all, how you get your inspiration for your recipes. And then also kind of give a little recap of things we had this summer, either in restaurants or things we've cooked at the house. And then just kind of go over the recipes that we actually put on the website. Kind of talk about them. Recap it a little. Well, Inspiration-wise, I mean, I'm a cookbook junkie, and of course I watch Food Network and Cooking Channel and all that stuff. They're not the same, though. Uh, but, uh, well, I'm always, if I see a new cookbook or something, or I'm always, if I'm at somebody's house and they yeah. have a cookbook laying around, I'm going to thumb through it. And I, you know, I guess it's just not, I don't know if it's, it inspires me, but I do read stuff, and, and you know, it kind of gives me an idea say hmm they could do it you know you could do it this way what if i did oh, this, this and put yeah, put this twist recipe. on it and put it you know do it on the smoker instead of in the oven and so a lot of my stuff comes from that um a lot of it a lot of it comes from going out and eat at restaurants and trying to duplicate some of that some of the stuff that's on the menu um of course you know i, I look at instagram i try to follow a ton of people on instagram and i see other people doing stuff and and i think just being I guess a food junkie, <laughs> a foodie. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm always, you know, always trying to think of something new or something different or a different way to do something. Or, I mean, I, I'll keep a running list going. Like if I get, a, if you look at my phone, I've just got a section of my notes. It's like recipes to do. And when I, when an idea hits me or I see something, I'll jot it down in there. And then I, then it comes back and then you've got like a, 
uh, spreadsheet going or stuff that we can do. And what we try, what we try to do is start out with the major holidays where we know we want to release stuff around those. Come up with those ideas first, and then we the other ideas we just kind of plug in. And I and I try to mix it up. Try to mix up the grills we cook on because I want people to see that you can cook these recipes on any grill. You know, not just if I had just you know one grill cooking on it, that would you know I don't feel like people would learn as much. So if you see me, you know, some recipes might be on a Weber, some might be on a pellet grill, some might be on the drum. I try to mix it up. There's no rhyme or reason for it. I mean, I just whatever I feel like. Like that jerk pork, I just I said, hey, I want to eat it coming off that drum because I knew the fat dripping on those coals is going to give it better flavor. The topic of conversation with most of the people that we know seems to always turn to what you've eaten lately. That's what really restaurants you've been or to? What recipes yeah, you've I, that were really good. I mean, and I get a lot of inspiration from that. I mean, like for for example, Mark Williams. He come by and did the did the podcast with us a couple episodes ago, and he was telling us about those uh, marinated black pepper. Fillets. Well, you know, I did. I did that a couple of weeks we ago. We went over to his house, and he cooked Emily them. cooked it for us. He cooked them swine like mashed potatoes <laughs> with cheese. Oh man, cast iron skillet just full of cheese and potatoes and butter, <laughs> bacon. Those were awesome, and the steaks were unbelievable. And I'm not a big, you know, marinated steak guy, but th- those really impressed me. And we had to do them, so we had some people over. Last was it last week? Yeah, Tuesday. last Tuesday. I bought two beef tenderloins, cut them up into, you know, nice, I, didn't, I mean, I was like 10 ounce fillets. I think I got out of both of them. Heck, I think I had 14, 15 f- nice fillets, you did know. Did you cook it? Cooked cook them all. all. Cooked all of them. Wow. And I did the same way. I did covered them in the black pepper and then soaked them in that. What was it? It was Wicker's Black Label. Black label. Yeah. And it was, it's kind of, man, it'd be a, it'd be a good look, huh? sauce to mix in or marinade to mix in with a brisket injection. It had some really good flavors. And they soak in that, and you think that you've killed it with so much black pepper that it's going to be super strong. But I guess the marinade kind of takes some of it off. It tones that pepper down. And then I didn't do anything except hit them with a little AP and just a touch of swine life rub. That's what Mark did. And I grilled them. I did some of them. I mean, since there were so many, I did some on the 360 and some on the egg. And they all turned out fantastic. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were really good. Perfect. I mean, the kids were eating them. Yeah, the kids ate them. I mean, they're... So out we of had all two those, couples and I don't know how many kids was here. That was a late night. We were eight uh, kids. Yes, eight kids. <laughs> kids. It was and, a bunch. Yeah, we did hot dogs for the kids, but they were eating the steak. Eight, yeah, <laughs> we thought we were going to have some left over. Yeah, no, I think there might have been two fillets left yeah. over, and they were more down towards the end piece of fillets. They didn't go to waste those. That was that was lunch the next day. Well, let's talk about things that we've cooked here at the house over the summer. Just kind of recap. And I know we kind of kicked off the summer with our crawfish bowl. We yeah. invited a bunch of people over, set up a Nerf war for the kids. Cooked three sacks of crawfish. Yeah. Mark came over and helped him do those. And that, that was, wow, it seems like so long I ago. I know, it does. Was it, does was it May? It was in May when we did that, it right was, before Memphis in May. And that, that is kind of the start of the summer because it... Roll I think the kids were out of school. Yeah. So. That was, that was you know, the, the big thing about that was I was most impressed with the pineapple that we did at the end. And it, I don't know if we talked about that in the podcast yet or not, but if, if you guys bull uh, crawfish, you, you have to try dropping the pineapple. And whenever you're through when you cooking... you say the, drop pineapple, are you talking about a whole pineapple, a you get your, pineapple? You, know, you get your pot rolling, you cook your crawfish, you get them in the cooler, cook your vegetables. When the vegetables get done... You take a whole pineapple, but you peel it, but you leave the top on. You know, the all sticky, leafy leave the part. Core and everything. Leave that on. You peel your pineapple just around the outside, knock the peel at the bottom off, cut the sides off, drop it down in the pot, turn it off, and just let it soak for, you know, 20, 30 minutes while you're eating crawfish. And then go back in there, and it's kind of the dessert. Go back in there and get it out, and then slice it up. And man, it'll have soaked up all that flavor. And there's something about the sweetness of that pineapple mixing with the spices of the crawfish bowl. And I'd never heard of it. This is, um, I think it was Mark, Mark and Jamie's cousin had come up from Louisiana and told us about that. And he said, you got to try it. And man, we dropped two or three pineapples in there and they were gone. Like when, when people tried it the first time, there's people trying to wrap it up and take it home. <laughs> I mean, it was that good. I don't so. even like mixing pineapple with like 
I love pineapple, but I don't want to mix it with other things. Also, you know, I hate great. it on my pizza. Oh, it goes know. great with everything. But it was really good with that. Pineapple goes, man, this is great. <laughs> That's what Michael said yeah. the other day. Who would have known? Pineapple goes great with everything. Yeah, because I, I did the jerk pork with it. I was like, man, how can we, you know, we like to take pictures with our videos and stuff. And I didn't really show making a pineapple bowl or anything. I really just did that so you could have a cool shot take a picture. And I thought it did look neat. I mean, heck, I'd pay 15 bucks for a pineapple bowl of jerk pork. You yeah, know? with some pineapple yeah. salsa on top. So that's what I mean. And, and I, the salsa was great that we did with that too. So that, yeah, we, but try the pineapples in your crawfish bowl. Anything else you cooked at the house that stands out? Your trout. Yeah, we, you know, we went trout fishing. After we went to the beach, we come back and went over to the mountains in Arkansas and well, went trout Shane fishing. And from Towns and Spices. Yeah, Shane and Lawson invited us over. Um, for a week, it was a bunch of you know a bunch of barbecue people went over there. State people, Mr. Johnny and his wife was over there, and um, we had a big weekend. Shane did a big fish fry, and they grilled out one night like burgers and hot dogs and stuff. And it was just a nice change of pace from doing barbecue. Yeah. Catfish that the guy, I think the sheriff came and cooked <laughs> the sheriff catfish. Of the town. I was not expecting that. I was like, when Shane said they're going to have a fish fry, I was like, well, you know, he's going to have somebody come over with iron, you know, a big iron pot and. Stand around and cook some fish, like you know. No, this guy had a, a catfish yeah, trailer. Rig. Yeah, he had a catfish rig. Like we have a whole hog cooker. He had a catfish cooker, and he come over and I think he cooked. I don't know. They said it was sixty or seventy pounds of catfish. And he did it right. I was and, impressed. Well, come to find out, he's from Mississippi. Yeah. He was right from Greenwood or Greenville or somewhere like that. I was like, well, okay. He probably knows how to cook catfish. And you sure really enough, have to be from Central Mississippi to cook good oh, catfish. Oh man, it was really it was a that. real deal. The real deal cat fried Mississippi style fried catfish. Then it's pretty much you just take the catfish and dredge it with cornmeal, corn salt, pepper. salt and pepper. All you need is all you need. Fry it in good oil. Fry it in peanut oil at the right temp really quickly. And that's it. Incredibly uh, simple recipe. It all comes down to technique. Just we, like everything else. So we went trout fishing in it. Usually I try to get over to the White River at least once a year because it's great trout fishing waters. And, um, we went over, rented a couple of boats, and stayed out. It was so hot, you couldn't stay out there long. I think we fished from about 7 a.m. to about lunchtime, uh, Saturday and Sunday. And we all, we, I mean, everybody in the boat caught a limited trout, so we brought some of them home that last day. And, and uh, I wanted to do them. I've never done trout on a, on a smoker. You know, I've grilled it before, so I was like, well, we'll do it on the smoker. And um, I took some seasoning that Heath had gave me from Traeger. It was a like a summer shandy seasoning. Yeah. They, I guess Traeger partner. Yeah, I guess Traeger partnered with them or licensed their rub some kind of way because it was kind of that lemony. Um, had some. I guess it had some herbs to it. It was a really good rub, especially for fish. It was real summery. Yeah. And so I, you know, I all the fish that little olive oil, stuffed it with lemons and onions and dill, and seasoned it really good with that summer shandy seasoning. I did it different ways. I did some with the. Uh, just like Tony, no, what's it? Paul Pierre Jones, Redfish Magic. That I, was probably there was like a blackened trout, but I, I cooked them all the same way, just kind of in a pan with butter and a little olive oil with some vegetables around it. Man, they were fantastic. We stuffed the uh, cavity. Yeah, with you the, stuffed yeah. the cavity with tomatoes and onions. And I did some of them. Some I did yeah, some of them I did with like tomatoes, onions, and garlic. And, and parsley, and some of them I did with like onions and lemons and dill. I was trying to mix it up because I what was it seven or eight trout I cooked that day, whole and they were whole. Uh, they were skinned with the heads off. Still, you know, I had the cavity. The only thing bad about eating rainbow trout like that is to take up little pin bones, yeah. and it's I mean it's hard to get them all out. So you just have to really be careful and pick those bones up as you go. Yeah. yeah. Even but Michael ate you know he ate two trout. He thought that he thought it was excellent. Like, yeah. He might have done it just because he caught some of them. He was excited, to, <laughs> excited to eat what he caught. But, the Paul uh, Padron's Redfish Magic ones were my favorite. They were yeah. all really, really good, but that one was my favorite. I cooked those. Was about I set that trigger for 300, and it took about maybe 20, 25 minutes is all. And I didn't do anything to them. I just put them on the grate in those little shallow pans with the butter and olive oil and vegetables. And really, the, the vegetables were really good that mm -hmm. cooked around it. Cause it got all that flavor from the seasonings and you know what the fish cooked out, and it was man, there was no. I'm not a big fish eater because if if I taste any bit of fishiness, I'll I'll quit. I won't eat it. But this trout had zero. I don't know, and it's probably because it just came out of the water the day before. Yeah, I mean it was as fresh as it could be. There was um, you set 
a little dish on the table when we were eating. It was the tomatoes and onions. And I thought you'd made a little tomato onion salad. And I was like, this is delicious. Yeah, no, it just wasn't <laughs> cooked was, around yeah, it. Yeah, it was just the veggies yeah. that he cooked around it. That was good. Um, seems like we did a lot of sausage and cheese this summer. Because we had people over all the time. And it's just a quick appetizer that you can throw. You know, I can, I can throw some of those country plays and sausage links on the smoker and they're done in an hour and a half, you know, and everybody loves sausage and cheese. And we've kind of, we started out the summer, we had some, uh, we had a, um, my friend Doug Rosen come down from DC and he's a wine guy. He's, his company's Aero Wine and he specializes in importing French wine. And so he had been wanting to come down and, uh, he, he got me hooked up with the Memphis Grill people. I got a new Memphis Grill that I've been doing some cooking with and he wanted to come down and bring one of the Memphis Woodfire Grill guys and uh, bring some wine and some specialty cheese. So he got us hooked on eating, <laughs> eating these fancy cheeses and, and drinking French wine. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't hard to do. I love wine. But so our Kroger has a pretty good cheese selection. So now every time I go to Kroger, I'll stroll through there, you know, see what cheese is on sale. Some of that stuff's expensive, but I usually they'll you market. You just walk through and look for the stuff that's on the you know yeah, it's the on sale, sale sticker. Yeah. yeah. And you'll buy a few for, you know, $2 you can, for a child. You can get them for three or four bucks when they're on sale. Now, when they're regular price, 20 bucks. I'm yeah. not going to pay that for some cheese. I mean, and this is the fancy cheese. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But so, I'll, you know, we'll throw out some of that. cheese section. Yeah. We'll throw out some of that cheese and smoke some sausage and then have some, you know, pepperoncinis or some sweet fire pickles or something. And you got to, you got to, people come over. It's a quick appetizer. Mm-hmm. And so we've been doing a lot of that. Um, Fourth of July, we cooked ribs. Memorial Day, I did some barbecue. I did I did uh, pork butts, just but I did the salt and pepper pork butt with the like kind of crisscrossed the fat at the top, made it to where it get crispy, and it was just like a salt and pepper pork butt. We had that for Memorial Day. Yeah, that's Memorial Day. I went back. I went back and looked. At, I had to go back and look through my photos. When you asked, when you told me we were going to talk about stuff I cooked this summer, I, that's the only way I can remember is go back because usually I take photos of it. So I don't even remember Memorial. And bacon wrap brats. I did those Memorial yeah. Day. Bacon wrap brats, and I did caramelize some onions. That was really good. I didn't. You know, I say I take the summer off because that's my time. We've usually been at it so hard since February that. I'm ready just to back off for a little yeah. bit. And, well, that's why most of our stuff's been like ribs and yeah. sausage and cheese plate and stuff. Well, people come over to swim, drink a few beers. We drank plenty of beers this summer. Oh, yeah. You know, it's summertime. You're supposed to drink as many of Michelob Ultras as you can. That's white water in the summer, right? No. <laughs> Kroger, I think Kroger started stocking more because I was coming through there. <laughs> I get three or four cases every time I go in there. I used to go every day. So. <laughs> No. You got a beer fridge. You got to keep it full, right? You never know. It's, somebody's it's come over. It's the meat fridge. Yes, <laughs> it's the meat fridge. Until it's the meat, July. during barbecue season in the spring and the fall. It's the meat fridge. In the summer, it's the beer fridge. <laughs> you have to clean it out, wipe all the blood out of the bottom, and then fill it with meat because you you never know when you're going to have somebody that likes a beer come over to your house. So I want to be the good host, have plenty of beer. I not not that I that. like it and drink it because you know it's okay. You'll, you will. Somebody, yeah, I will. Somebody brings a cooler full out to the pool. I might sit there and drink a few. There's something about beer in a pool. Man, it goes down so And on the beach, it goes down so good. I agree with that. It just, all of a sudden, you've drank three, four. We have. We, now, we, say, we probably sound like we're bad beer drinkers, but we try to equal it out with water. And you've got into making these, like, infused fruit waters. Yeah, I got a big... Um, uh, three gallon like, container. Yeah, it's a little three gallon container with a spout. It's for like serving teas and you know waters or lemonade or whatever for events. Well, I'll fill it up and throw some fruit in there with some ice, and we'll have fruit infused water. And I kind of do it because you and Michael tend to drink more water when I throw a little fruit in it for you. <laughs> so I'm always trying to get y'all to drink more That's water. Good. Yeah. And you know, hydrate. Get hydrate. You gotta somewhere. hydrate. Um, water is the key to life. Heck yeah. I, t- I try to drink almost a gallon a day. Um, but we also went up to Bristol and did that cooking. Yeah. That was, man, the highlight of that was a brisket <laughs> we cooked right to butcher paper. That was one of the better briskets I've had in a very long time. Yeah, it was so good. What, what pit did y'all cook Old Hickory. Old Hickory. Old Hickory wrapped in butcher paper, and we did that comp, uh, Jay's combo that he did for uh, Memphis and May this year. 
He, that he uh, got a call in ribs at Memphis and May. It was some, some of his mojo rub mixed with swallow rub. Ribs. Mixed with our hot rub. That's what he put on the brisket. Oh, he did? Yeah, they put that on the brisket, and it was awesome. They put it on everything. When we were at Bristol, that was pretty much like, we're going to use a little bit of it all. And so it was the mojo combo, I guess you call it. <laughs> the, the thing that stood out, stood out to me. Non-injected. We didn't inject it. Did it you was, trim it aggressively at the, all? No. Mark, the only thing he did, he took them out of the package and knocked the hump off. Just made them to where they'd lay flat, you know, on that underside, the fat side where it's brisket's always got that, with the deckle, it's always got that hump. He just kind of flattened that out. Made sure, I mean, anything that was super, it was a quarter inch trim is what I'd call it. And put the rub on them, put them on, cooked them. That was it. It was, you know, nothing fancy at all. And then when it got it was, the color you wanted, yeah, I think they, let it, they put them on, heck, I think it was about 10. Was the cooker loaded down? No, it was the only thing on there. It was three briskets. Okay. Three briskets. They went at 10. I think they wrapped them about five. So what's that? Seven hours? Something like that? Wrapped in butcher paper. Butcher paper. And then they were done by, you know, nine. So they were, I mean, it was, you know, pretty low and slow. 10, 10 p.m. Yeah. yeah, they almost, they cooked 11 hours. And they were probably 14, 15 pound briskets. Yeah. They run them low. Like, you know, kept the old hickory at 225. Since they were going overnight. Yeah. Yeah. Now, once you wrap them, you know, we start getting ready to cook ribs and stuff. So, we cranked it up a little bit to 250, but it doesn't matter, you know, once you push it through. And then the, the whole key to that was we were serving it for lunch. They were done at 9 a.m. They rested till like 1230 till we start started getting ready to slice them. And, man, when you broke them out of that butcher paper, it was just melting your mouth. It was brisket. amazing, yeah. The chefs that were picking the food up, you know, and, take, and taking them over to be served were just blown away. I mean, it was like their eyes were rolling back. I was like, yeah. They know we can cook. <laughs> <laughs> the ribs y'all cooked were also some of the best ribs yeah, right. that I've had in a while. I guess that Mojo Combo. Mojo Combo is a real deal. <laughs> you got to get you some of that. Do we sell that? The Jay's rub? Yeah. We sell I know we sell, I know, I'll do it. I know we sell the Swine Life rub. Um, broccoli salad was good. Everybody that's why liked it. If, no, if, if you haven't tried Shell's broccoli salad recipe, that's probably one of the number one recipes when people have it, they ask for. Yeah. And so to me, it's good because it's kind of, well, because you're eating vegetables. It's great. You know, it's great for you. But it has that, it's almost like a sweet vinaigrette, the sauce. I mean, I know it has mayo in it. What else is in it? Well, you make your sauce. I like to make my sauce like several hours ahead or overnight. Um, so it can set and kind of come together, but it's mayonnaise, apple cider vinegar, and sugar. That's, That's all. it. That's all it is. Yeah. And you let Why it does it turn it like that yellow? Is that just the vinegar turns that mayo that color? Or I don't know. Because it looks like it has mustard. I know it's not honey mustard or anything, but it kind of looks like it. I wonder if the right, because it's, then it's broccoli. Um, I got to cut into small bite sized pieces of broccoli. Nobody wants big hunks of broccoli. Yeah. Um, so it's broccoli, bacon. Yep. Uh, golden yep. raisins and red onion. red onion. That's it. That's it. You toss it how many hours before? With this? Oh, right before serving. I'll keep my um, broccoli, bacon. I can put all that in one bag. I call it my dry. And then I have my sauce, you know. And I can keep those separate. You know, Until I can prep right. it the night before. Keep those two things separate. Right before it's time to serve, mix it together, serve it. Because the longer that dressing sits on the broccoli, it starts kind Wilt of softening it. and wilting it. Yeah. That's... That's probably my favorite side as far as like a slaw. It's very I mean, cool and refreshing yeah. and summery. And it's different because it's broccoli, not cabbage. I mean, yeah. I think that that same slaw dressing or dressing would be good on slaw too. I've wanted you probably. to make that before. You want to throw the bacon in some coleslaw? Yeah, too? I've never had bacon coleslaw. <laughs> hey, there you go. Inspiration right there. New coleslaw recipe. Slaw salad. If you're coming to eat some of my food, it's probably going to have a little bacon, maybe some mayonnaise. No, it's it's a lot gonna of butter. it's gonna have mayo in it. Little sugar, but it's gonna have mayonnaise in it and butter. Yeah, I think you put mayonnaise and mashed potatoes. I don't know anybody else that does that. Emily told me to do that. Yeah, they she did it because you do it. They said Shell puts mayonnaise in everything. Let's put it, let's put it in macaroni and cheese. We got mayonnaise in it. I was like, God, let's move on. There. Let's talk about make a cake, put mayonnaise in it. <laughs> I've never baked a cake with mayonnaise in it. I bet it would work. It's just oh. I've heard of I've heard of making a mayo icing for a chocolate cake. Ugh. I, I have like mayonnaise. I love mayonnaise. That turns my stomach. 
We also cooked a breakfast casserole. We take that, your recipe for that breakfast yeah. casserole. I don't think I did that this summer. I did it. At, we did it for that that Bristol cook. Man, that's a great summertime recipe too because you can do it the day before. Get up, throw it on, and it's ready to go. You know, it's easy. It is the best breakfast casserole recipe. It is really, really good. We've had multiple. Pe- we've had bunches of people try that, and that's another one. If you hadn't tried it, even if you don't cook it on the grill. Just do that recipe and cook it in the oven because it's, yeah. it's good. Well, if I have to take a casserole to someone's house, you know, in the South, we, if someone dies, you take a casserole to their someone house. Someone has a baby. Someone gets the flu. I make that casserole and take it over because it's a little different. Everybody else is making, you know, dinner casseroles, and this could be eaten at any time, really, but people love it. It's yeah. great. So let's talk about the recipes you cooked this summer. You mean you may start you off? I have a list. Of oh, them. you got a list? Yeah. yeah. I, thought, I thought that's what we was doing. No, let's go. Yeah. We did the grilled hanger steak about mid-April. Is that one? That's that one you did with summer. the Santa Maria. That was spring. Yeah. All right. No, no, I didn't do that on. I don't think I did it on the Santa Maria. I did a hanger steak. Yeah. I thought I did it on the. It's been so long ago. I don't remember. That was. That was. I got those from the uh, Matador Prime Steak guy. Yes. And um, they were good. The first time, you know, I've never really done hanger steak too much, but man. What I remember about that was it had like filet like texture, mm-hmm. but it tastes like a ribeye. It had that, you know, it I was definitely really, would really do good. A hanger steak yeah. again. If you can find them, the, and you know, I've had people ask me, where'd you get a hanger steak? And I said, well, I got them from Matador Prime Beef or Prime Steak. I, didn't, I mean, I don't know where you can get them unless you got a really, like Kroger doesn't have them. Yeah. I've looked, you know, every time I go in there, I had hanger steak. I don't even think they know what I'm talking about. Is it a regional thing? No, or is it's it just, just a. Cut? Just I think the butchers keep it for themselves. Yeah. I, I really do. I think that's like a secret cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you did the Mojo pork chops. That Those was where you really did the bourbon. Good. You used Those Jay's Mojo really Rub. Good, yeah. The sauce made them. Well, you know, Jay's Rub's good. But that the glaze that we hit those with, man. Those are some good pork chops. I don't even remember where I got those. I think came from Sam's. They did. We, they were just super thick chops that Sam's had. It was. It was. Uh, I thought I could get some at Kroger. I, the reason why I was going to Kroger, that's the only store we have in town. You know, Walmart. We have Walmart. It sucks. But <laughs> <laughs> nothing. I mean, yeah. No, it's terrible. But Kroger usually has good stuff. Well, that they didn't have any decent chops that day, and so we were going to Sam's probably for toilet paper or something. <laughs> I said, "I'm going to look." Man, they had those beautiful chop, thick, thick cut, like porterhouse style chops. And they were they were monsters, and so that recipe was really good. Then we did. Um, Mark Lambert came over with that herb roasted chicken. That now was, you want to talk about a recipe that impressed you? That was really great. You know, have I done? I don't know if I've done a chicken recipe since then. It might be time to do some more chicken recipes. Definitely. But it would be hard to beat that one, where he did it on the red box and he cooked it on that like bird's nest of herbs. That was what was so unique about it. I mean, the it, chicken. He didn't do much to the chicken. No. The chicken was simple. it. Sprayed it. Dried it really, really good. Dried the skin. Then sprayed it with a little cooking oil, right? And then seasoned it. With just AP. Yeah. And then put it on the bird's nest and rolled. It didn't take take long at all to cook that chicken. And it was delicious. And then he uh, drizzled it with a little white White sauce. White barbecue sauce. That was an excellent recipe. You know, I thought about, can you take a, it would probably have to be a smaller turkey, but could you do something similar with a turkey? Yeah, like a smaller turkey. I don't see why you couldn't. A young turkey? Yeah. You Wouldn't know it what? be good? I may have to, that might be one to, to to play with because I've never, I've, I mean, everybody asks me, could you spatchcock turkeys with speed? Yeah, it'll speed the cooking process. I never do it because a 12, 10 to 12 pound turkey cooks good whole. Yeah. But I, but I guarantee you, you could spatchcock one. Well, you're going to need a recipe coming up in Thanksgiving. Hey, that might be, we might, we might try to do Lambert's. I might come up with a different sauce to do instead of the white sauce yeah, or something. Yeah, maybe a cranberry. So, something more, yeah, more in the line of a holiday sauce to drizzle over that turkey. You got me thinking now, show us an inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> then we did the stuffed venison backstrap. Yeah, uh, you can't even go wrong with deer meat. That's just yeah. an old classic right there. <laughs> I want to do some more now. Oh, I got, that reminds me. I got to go. It's time to pay the deer lease. I got to do that today. But... I plan on doing some more. I think I, I still have a couple back straps in the freezer. I want to do. Um, we need to use that. We need to clean well, the freezer. Well, I want to do roll ups. I mean, everybody knows deer roll ups, but I've never done a video on doing them, so that'd be a good one to do. 
You could just throw that back strap. Just cook it for us. <laughs> I don't like it. I like. I want you to season it, cook it, fry it barely. Oh yeah, yeah fry it too. That, to me, that's winter. You know, yeah. you gotta have that's that great with gravy January. and biscuits in the winter. Yeah, that's when it's good. Yeah. And then you, you do, want it super rare. You want what do they call it? Almost blue. Rare, oh yeah. <laughs> rare plus. I want you to take it to blue and then go one step over. Yeah. And serve it to me. Before it melts in your mouth. Little mayonnaise on the side. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's too early in the morning. For mayonnaise talk. Char glazed ribs. Great way to do ribs if you if you're cooking a bunch of them and you got to reheat them. I just like the flavor. That yeah, you really do? Yeah. They're, I mean, they're good. It's not the... To me, if I'm going to eat a rib, I just want a little dry rib cooked perfect. I don't have to put it back on. I don't have to glaze the sauce on it. I want the seasoning on it. I want the... You know, I want it to be a little spicy, and I want my vinegar sauce on the side yeah. to dip it in. Because I don't want... I don't want... Man, I'm just tired of a sticky rib. I don't want to eat rib, and it's all over my face. I want to eat it where I can get a good bite of it, and it's... You know, you taste the meat. It's juicy because of the fat that's rendered out and still in it. It's not, you know, it's not because of all the sauce and sweetness you put on it. I think you've just gotten burned out on a competition style rib. I I wish they'd switch categories and say, okay, we're just going to do dry ribs. (laughs) (laughs) No sauce on ribs for a contest. If you did, I'm going to get last place if you did a dry rib. I mean, no way way they'd stand up. Tell you what, at Memphis in May, I bet you you if you cook some dry and cook some wet, and sold them to the judges, that'd be a good selling point. Yeah. This is Memphis-style dry ribs. This is my caramelized up ribs. I don't know. That's something to think about. Yeah, that is something to think about. We are switching to ribs. Maybe. Maybe. But, yeah, but I like the char glazed ribs. I thought that was a real No, they're good. Yeah, the recipe was good. The, I mean, don't get me wrong. It, ribs are great. I mean, I'm not, I don't, I'm not hating on ribs. I'm just... That's that's how I like them. To me, that recipe is perfect if you don't have time to cook ribs the day of your party, especially if you're doing a lunchtime thing. Well, you got to think about most people don't. I mean, most people are cooking on. I mean, that you know, you got a smaller grill. You probably can only do you know if you can do five or six slabs. You got a a good size grill, but most people, you know, if you if you're doing a party and you need to serve a case of ribs, you can't cook all that at one time. You're going to have to reheat them some kind of way. Yeah, it's the best to cook them in batches. Refrigerate them, bring them back out, char glaze them over some hot coals, you know, caramelize that sauce on there. Yeah. Run it. Well, you can take them out of the fridge, let them come up to room temp for 30, 45 minutes, have your grill ready to go. Oh, they, they reheat fast. Yeah, and you char glaze them for a few minutes, and it's cool, it looks neat. People are going to be like, oh, what you doing yeah. over there? You barbecuing? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, I'm over here barbecuing. <laughs> It smells yeah, awesome. Sauce dissolved. Barbecue, <laughs> barbecue fired up. Now, and then um, Shane Draper came over and did the Asian street tacos. Yeah, those were really good. Those were, that was, that uh, kind of was, that was Memphis and May week. Yeah. Uh, the best one was that ribeye taco. You that was really good. I like the rib taco. The what? It was like rib with, oh, yeah. a, with yeah, a that was, slaw. that was different. Yeah. That kind of, I mean, that's almost, so you could take the way he did that, uh, the seasoning on those ribs and do it on the pork, like I did the jerk pork, and do like an Asian style taco that way. Ooh. Ah, that would be killer. Rib taco? No, without rib. I'm talking about doing oh, pork. pork. Yeah, <laughs> with oh, the yeah. butter. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, ribs good, but it's kind of over. I mean, do you you don't get that much meat off a slab of ribs? That's I mean, true. If you're going to make tacos with it, yeah, you need more bang for your buck, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's a really good idea. That needs to be a recipe. Some Asian. Yeah, I told you I want to cook. Let's chalk it up. Inspiration. <laughs> Every time I think of one, I'm going to start inspiration. New Hashtag York. inspiration. New York. I think I'm joking. I'm putting it on my phone right now. So you did the New York strip surf and turf? Where yeah. you had the, Oh, man. That was the... I forgot all about that one. That was... Uh, that might have been better than the jerk pork. <laughs> That, that was my Kelly English inspired uh, from, yeah, from Restaurant Irish. Man. You took a New York strip. It was a Matador really Prime good New York strip, strip steak, yeah. It was a high. Easy, high easy cook on the steak. And then did, did you it, kept the seasons real simple. Did you just mm-hmm. salt and pepper it on the steak? That was, oh, I didn't, yeah, I think that's all I did. Yeah. I don't even Grilled it, it. That, that wasn't the main part. The main part was those fried oysters on that. Yeah. Who knew that they the would be that holidays. good in the holiday sauce? That was that recipe. 
was worth creating. That yeah. really was. I mean, that one. Was, I've been wanting to do that one a long time, and I was like, well, I don't know if I can pull it off. Make no, it, I was you know, doubting too. Yeah, I was like, I knew I could cook a New York strip. There's nothing to that, but but getting the oysters right and you know the Having holiday it all sauce come together and, on film. Yeah, you just didn't know how it would turn out, but man, the unknown is the fear of the unknown. We've cooked now. Going back and thinking about it, that jerk pork. That recipe with the New York Strip Surf and Turf and Mark Lambert's recipe, man, those are killer. They really are. And it probably doesn't come, I hope it comes off that way on the video. But to be here and try those, those recipes, man, it's so, like out-of-body experience. I mean, I, did we really cook that stuff? Because I'm not a trained chef, you know? I mean, we cook stuff and it's good and we like to eat it. But, man, those are some, you'd be, you got to be proud of cooking, eating some of that stuff. Then you came back with the pineapple upside down cake. And it yeah, was, I like throwing a dessert in every once in a while. Yeah, I mean, just prove you can do it. I mean, I'm, I'm not really a big good. dessert guy. That was it was good. I mean, you know, it's it was a cake textbook. Pineapple I was gonna do that one cake. again. I just buy a cake mix. I wouldn't do all the mixing. I just do the pineapples, the sugar. Give me a cake mix, pour in there, and run it. It wouldn't make a good video, but that's how I would do it. Yeah. No, you can. I don't know. I'm not a baker. I mean, I, I try, and I do, do come up with some de- you know decent stuff. I don't, I don't say it's gonna breakfast casserole is probably the best thing I make. <laughs> <laughs> there ain't nothing to that. Then you did the barbecue smash burger, and those were yeah, excellent. Those were that good. was a really good recipe too. That was a, those were good. I mean, hamburger. <laughs> yeah, but it was had a it had a lot of flavor. Yeah, they got crispy on there. Cooking it on the flat side of those grill grates, that was good. There's some uh, cheese in those crispy uh, jalapenos. jalapenos. Yeah. yeah, burgers a burger. I can get I can get get that at In and Out or well, not In and Out, but Take- oh, I'm excited about the Sears Shack opening up in town. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't burgers are one of those things where if I cook it, I don't enjoy it as much. Yeah, I mean everybody. I mean y'all well, do like anything. it. And, yeah. If you cook it, it's, you're not going to enjoy it as much as everybody else because you cooked it. Yeah. And you know, I don't know why I didn't think about it when I did that. I had some ground Wagyu burger in the freezer that I need to do something with. I should have used. In fact, that might be dinner this weekend. Or, <laughs> when we come back from the contest, yeah. we might have to eat that. Because it's, it's brisket trimmings from back in the spring that need to be. Have they already been ground? Yeah. I've, already, I've, got, I've got a ton to grind, too. So we're fixing to make some fall burger meat. That's fine with me. Have a burger party. Why don't you do that for your fantasy football? Yeah. Jerk burgers. Jerk burgers. No. <laughs> I don't know about jerk burgers. Yeah, if you use pork with it, ground pork would make a good jerk burger, I bet. You know, I've never heard of jerk beef. I don't think they have any cows. And, I don't see cows. <laughs> good. Now, jerk goat, they got plenty of goat. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, the last one that we did before we took a little uh, time off for vacation was that Texas pulled pork. And that was kind of your July 4th right Yeah, that was, that was a good one. That was really, I mean, I kind of did that Memorial Day, kind of, because I did for it here for us to house, eat. Yeah. yeah. But, I, I mean, it was it was really good. You didn't in your video score the top. No, I didn't, because, yeah. I, I mean, I just cooked it regular. Yeah. I was just going for that kind of crust on it. But I didn't wrap it in the butcher paper either when I did it Memorial Day. Yeah. Did home. you wrap it at all? Yeah. You did? Yeah, you I just wrapped it in butcher before. paper. No, the one I did just... The one you did practice in Memorial Day. I just run it straight on straight. the grill. When you do that with a butt, it kind of tightens the bark up too much, and it'll kind of make a a little crust, it's crust gets hard. thicker on yeah. it. Yeah, it's not as good to no wrap it. To me, on a salt brisket paper. works that way, but pork yeah. doesn't. But the butcher paper on that pork butt made it excellent. It did. That was a really that was a simple recipe, easy to do, and, and that pork. Once again, I like that flavor. That's my flavor, and I used the post oak, and so it really gave it a. A really good smoke flavor. It, it tastes like Texas barbecue. Yeah. Only thing missing on that was a stick burner pit, and I got one coming. <laughs> Everybody said, well, that's Carolina barbecue, and it kind of is. It kind of is, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, Texas got influenced somewhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they but wouldn't tell you that. They wouldn't tell you that. simple. What was it? Yeah. Salt, pepper? Did you use AP or just salt and pepper? Salt and pepper. I mixed them. Yeah, 50-50. But that was pretty much our summer cooking, wasn't it? Pretty much. That's about it. That's a lot of recipes to be on vacation. Yeah. Well, did you eat any good restaurants? Let's see. What's the best thing you had at Memphis in May? There's a lot of cooking going on. 
Well, you've got some good shoulders. Yeah. Let's see. I'll tell you what I had that was the best was the filet. David Magnus cooked. Now, that was really, really good. The beef entry. The beef entry, and he cooked filet. Did he bacon wrap it? Uh, No. The deer was bacon wrapped. Okay. I'm thinking back. You got me thinking back now. Though the filet was just, it was uh, marinated, and then he seasoned it with AP, and it may have put a little bit of of hot rub or regular rub on I didn't watch that part. And then um, I warmed up the sauce. He had brought like a a blue cheese, a creamy blue cheese sauce. And you had to warm it up because the blue cheese kind of was crumbled, but he wanted it to go to it was smooth. And so while he was grilling the steaks, he had me inside getting the sauce right. And we come out, he just topped it with, um, sliced that steak, the filet, cooked it perfect, like, you know, just over rare. Not even medium rare, like you thought it was. Because it's going to carry. Yeah. Sliced it, drizzled that uh, blue cheesy sauce on it, and then topped it with crumbled bacon. That's what it was. That's that when the bacon came into place. Man, it was good. Yeah. yeah it was crumbled, <laughs> already cooked bacon. Well, he won first place the year before. Yeah, so. same recipe. Same recipe. That was now, the, the deer was right. He did deer tenderloin that he tenderized, so it kind of flattened it out. And then he wrapped two, two of those pieces with bacon and kind of skewered it so it would be kind of flat. And then he grilled that off for the exotic and topped it with the onion jam that he makes. And um, I want to say vinegar sauce and regular killer hog sauce mixed. Mix. And then kind of glazed that after the bacon got cooked and then topped it with that bacon. Or No, the bacon jam was in between the bacon on the deer. So it was wrapped up in it. That's where and it gave it a like a, you got a different element for texture and sweetness in it. And with the saltiness of the bacon and the, and the, the taste of the deer meat, that was a really good recipe. Yeah, he got I eighth think, place with that. Yeah, he was eighth place this year with that. It was really good. And in Memphis May, there's hundreds of entries. So oh, yeah, if you're in the yeah. top ten, it's impressive. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, one place that kind of stands out to me, and it was just kind of random. When we flew on a vacation, we flew to Atlanta. Yeah. And once we got to Atlanta, yes. we missed We kind of got... Because of storms. Yeah. Our flight got delayed. We missed our flights. We had to spend the night in Atlanta before we could go out. Um, so we just grabbed a hotel right by the airport and wanted to just grab a quick bite. And then right down the street, there was a Louisiana place. Yeah. You there remember was the good, name of it? Yeah. Louisiana Bistro. Louisiana Bistro. I, I recommend that. Right it's down. right down the street. We stay at the airport Hilton, I think Something. it was. So I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. And that part of Atlanta is not known for its cuisine. No. <laughs> I mean, it's airport. airport. Yeah. You know everything around the airport, but we took an Uber. It's industrial. We took an Uber down there and gambled on that restaurant. Well, it had good reviews on Yelp. That's it what was we went close. Yeah. There's only a few. It wasn't walking distance. It was probably a mile or so. Yeah. But, man, I, if, you're, if you're in the Atlanta airport area and having to spend the night, <laughs> go to that place and eat because everything we had there was good. Excellent. I was like, these people know what they're doing. It tastes like somebody knew how to cook. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was back from, there. From the, the gumbo. App, remember what happened? The gumbo. We got Gator Bites. Gator Bites. Those were really good. Uh, you got the fish dish that was really good. It was good. like a mahi with a crawfish, crawfish cream, cream, sauce. cream sauce over asparagus, yeah, maybe? I think it was. Man, it, that was good. And this place is like in an old Shoney's or something. Yeah. I mean, that was the <laughs> kicker, too. It was like... We don't know. We pull up. It's like, man, Uber's going to drive us off here. We've already told them. Wasn't very many choices. So. We had a hurricane, and it was tasted like an authentic uh, hurricane. Ooh. I had two of them. <laughs> I'm glad that I was Ubering. We, I mean, it was excellent. We, I was that was starting our vacation best. right yeah. by accident. <laughs> huh. We even made a point. We said, next time we go to Atlanta, we're going back there. We're going back to the airport area. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take this old Shawnee. Yeah. <laughs> Heck with the other side of town, right? all the fancy stuff, man. Yeah. Let's go back to the airport. Did you have any other? Um, I had. We had a lot of great stuff. I mean, anything that sticks out. I'll tell you this: when we went on, you know, going on vacation, where we go, the resorts, you can't. I don't go for the food. The, I mean, it's okay. I really go for the scenery for relaxing, taking the kids. Because you, I've learned that you have to lose expectations when you go somewhere like that. I guess they're serving so many people. The food's not the best. It's not the worst, but it's not the best either. My highlight of that was probably the, the sushi place. Well, oh, yeah. the jerk stack. I'm, I'm going to tell you what. If you go, if you, this is just Malcolm's vacation tips. 
go to the places where they're making fresh food, like stations. Because the jerk shack, the guy was there running the grill. The sushi place, they're there making the sushi right in front of you. The we had lunch. Joint. The pizza joint. They made those, had a brick oven pizza, putting fresh toppings on it, coming skip out hot. Skip the place you have to make a reservation. Skip and the go buffet. Sit. Yeah. Skip, yeah. The reservation stuff. I'm not even sure they had kitchens in there. I think yeah. they had like one central commissary and they were bringing, you know, because. I don't know. Really I don't cold. know. I didn't see it. But. If you're ordering off a menu, the food food's usually gonna be cold. It's coming from a commissary. Yeah. It's all cooked the same. Yeah. That was that was my thing. I get so disappointed where we made you know we made reservations and then you have to wait twenty or thirty minutes for your table and then the food's cold and yeah. then I'm not one to send my stuff back. I'm just not gonna do it. I'll go. I'll go to the pizza shack or the yeah. jerk shack. We'll Give me something leave. after dinner. Yeah. yeah, I'll just leave. But there was a lunch spot. What was it called? Arizona's. And it had that they had another guy doing jerk, but he also was doing uh, like gyros. He had one of those shawarma type grill things where the you know the meat cone spins, and man, that stuff was so good. That was probably the best thing I had there. Well, the shawarma. Yeah, I don't know what it was. I, I'm guessing it was a mixture of. I think it was. He said it was lamb. It well, might have been goat. I don't it's know. It's probably a mixture of everything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but whatever it was, it was done right, and the jerk there was good too. And then they had you know. I had some really good uh, omelets and things like that where there were fresh stations where yeah. the guys were making them right there. That's where you want to That's my vacation tip. Just stick with the stuff you can see made Fresh in stations. You. you won't be disappointed. Yeah. That's the same. We went on a cruise. Same thing. Yeah. Skip the dinner. Skip all that. There's a few little fresh stations. That's where you try to live off that. <laughs> but, but that's yeah. pretty much it. Anything uh, else stand out from this summer? No, just, man, Recapping. went by way too fast because yeah. it's time to go back to work. Yeah, it's time to go back to school, too. Michael's, uh, he's uh, got, you're okay with that. Sorry about that. <laughs> yes. But no, that's it. We had a we had a great summer, ready to get back into things. Um, I know we missed a few weeks of podcasting, but. We're back. We're back. We've we're got back. last week or this week, two weeks in a row. It's a habit. You know, um, I, I had a, one of our wholesalers, somebody that buys our Killer Hogs products and sells it in their little Ace Hardware store. Um, it's the. Chandler store in Arizona and he actually emailed me he says listen to the podcast he likes it and but he wanted me to uh, let everybody know that the Ace Hardwares all around your country are a great place to get grill supplies and grill tools because he heard that episode where he talked about grill supplies and grill tools he said most people don't know it but all the little Ace Hardwares are actually independently owned Um, I do know that that, um, you know we were at that National Hardware show and the Ace people were there and they're making a big push, and I guess they're trying to get it out all to the little independent stores to uh, to start stocking more barbecue stuff. So they're they're doing uh, a lot of not just rubs and sauce sections. I'm talking grills and supplies like like he's probably talking Wood, about. Charcoal yeah, yeah. And, yeah. So and man, I would much rather buy from an independent store that you can go in and meet the manager and hey, if if there's a rub or a sauce out there that that you want to see in your store, let them know. They may not know about it, or it may be worth them checking into. So I do that. I do that at Academy. If there's something, I'll go find the store manager, and I'll say, hey, man, you know, you ever thought about getting this in there? Because I think if enough people ask, they'll eventually do it. Yeah. Can't hurt. Y'all did that with B&B Charcoal. Yeah, <laughs> with the Walmart and the... Uh... We wore them out in town, yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, he says that he's got the number one Ace Hardware Traeger dealer in Arizona. Well, that's awesome. Congratulations. to just... Uh, Support let, your Ace Hardware. Yeah. yeah. Let you know that you got a lot of uh, barbecue supplies that you can go pick up there. Because some people don't have small barbecue shops in their town. Hmm. We're lucky to have a couple, so... Yeah. Well, but even our... Even the the biggest ones, you know, almost an hour away. Yeah. From, from where we live. Well, live. we got, you know, Jimmy's store out in Bartlett. And Mark's kind of ramping up his stuff out there in Bahia. Mm-hmm. Sweet Swan of Mine Distributing. He's got some. He's got a lot of stuff in his warehouse now. Yeah. Jimmy has a lot of stuff at his store, but I mean, I, we don't have an Ace Hardware in town. That's our, and our our. Yeah, we don't. Our little hardware store. It's just a local. I don't even know. What, I call it Hernando Hardware. I don't know what it's called. I think but, that's what the name but, of it is. But they have, you know, they have a grilling section that's, that's mainly big green egg stuff and accessories. But but they, you know, we go in there and we tell them, hey, y'all, get some rubs, get some sauces. But yeah, it's. I think. It really the the grilling and stuff is grow grilling and grilling accessories and rubs and sauces is growing so much and you got people do it. 
there's there's stores realizing, hey, you know, we can dedicate mm-hmm. some space to this because, you know, people use it. Yeah. And it brings people to our stores. Especially the smaller shops. Get it, come in, buy you a shovel, get you some rub. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our recap of all of the deliciousness that we've had this summer. Oh, it was fun. It went by too fast. Went by way too fast. I'm not ready for cold weather. We still got like at least a month. Yeah, right? yeah, no. Legally, <laughs> legally, summer now. The government sent the kids back to school. I think that's just for parents' break. So if we could just take another month, maybe if we could just get somebody to stay here, we could go on vacation in August too. It'd be a great time to go to the beach. Everybody's back in school. Well, we're going to be at the beach in October. We're going down to Orange Beach for the World Food Championships. Yeah, or is that November? No. It's, it's October. November. November. Yeah, I think it's in yeah. November. We're going to Fort Worth in October right. for the National Steak Cook-Off. And we signed up. I don't know if anybody, people, if you're keeping up with the steak contest, there's going to be one in the Bahamas in, in February. February. And I'm going house hunting. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're looking forward to that. Uh, real great. Uh, Brad and his wife are putting on a contest down uh, Green Turtle Cay. Is that the yeah. name of it? In the Bahamas. In the Bahamas. And it's going to be... Uh, They've got a cool thing set up. Yeah. They're going to have, you know... It's not just a contest. It's like an event. There's things yeah. going on for a few days. Um, I th- think it's kind of mainly a Thursday through Sunday deal. Yeah. Like you come into the Bahamas on Thursday, cook on Friday. Yes. And then Saturday is like a go swim with the pigs and yeah. do a beach party thing. And then Sunday, I guess everybody kind of goes home. Yeah. So, There's several little things, you know, they're doing some lunches dinner, and some dinners yeah, and different things. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to that, man. That's we, what we're we giving said, each other for Christmas. Yeah, instead of giving each other Christmas presents, we're going we're gonna to give our presents to go into the Bahamas, saving our money. So. And probably birthdays and anniversaries. Yeah, whatever else. We're going to save up for that one. But it's, you know, the good thing about that is it's July still. You've got plenty of time. To, I think the rate there... If I remember right, it's $199 a night at the place, which isn't bad. And then the contest, everything you got in that for $350. It included, you know, the meals and going a to swim. A couple meals and yeah. stuff. And going to swim with the pigs and some activities. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the, the most expensive thing about it was the airfare. If you live close to Atlanta. Or Florida. Or Miami. Or, yeah. Yeah. If you can get out of Fort Lauderdale or Miami or Tampa, you could get out there pretty cheap. Being in Memphis, we're... Don't have any choices. Yeah. We have to go to Atlanta or Memphis somewhat regional airport. Yeah. Need to change the name. But that's our podcast for the day. Yeah. Episode 16. Wrapping it up. What do we have? Oh, this weekend. What do we have planned going on this weekend, Mal? We're headed to Kentucky. Glasgow, Kentucky. To Glasgow, Kentucky. Rib Liggers Barbecue. Our buddy Dwayne is putting on a SEA contest. And I think he's got 30 people signed up already. It's a $2,500 payout. Oh, really? I, didn't know. I thought it was just a thousand bucks. This is 25. I'm going to get me 25 Hunsky. You need that's, yes. that's going towards the Bahamas trip. Yeah, there you go. Heck yeah. That's after I, the hey, Bahamas trip. It'll, right get, there. Me, it'll be, get me in the, in the championship, pay for the flights to the We got a mission <laughs> shell. Let's go get this money. You ready? <laughs> yes. But no, that's it. That's, thank y'all for listening. Shell, real quick, uh, tell them where they can hit us up. If you want to get contact Malcolm, you can do that Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at How to Barbecue Right. If you want to get in contact with me, it's Twitter and Instagram at Miss Southern Shell. Hey, that's our podcast, episode 16. Hope y'all enjoyed it. We'll see y'all next time.